Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Hello everyone, and welcome back to our devotionals. This morning, we're going to be reading through Zechariah chapter 7, uh, reading from verses 8 down to 12. It says this, this is what the, uh, then the message came to Zechariah from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Judge fairly and show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners and the poor. And do not scheme against each other. Your ancestors refused to listen to this message. They stubbornly turned away and put their fingers in their ears to keep them from hearing. They made their hearts as hard as stone so they could not hear the instructions or the messages that the Lord of heaven's armies had sent them by his spirit through the earlier prophets. That is why the Lord of heaven's armies was so angry with them. So we're carrying on through chapter seven, really where Andy left off yesterday. The message from uh, the bit that Andy looked at yesterday was all these religious things that you're doing, which seemingly look like you're doing them for me you know you're fasting to show your devotion to me says the lord all these kind of things are you really doing it for me or are you doing it for yourself you know is this like a man-made religion to satisfy some kind of uh religiosity that exists within or are you doing it out of devotion out of love and honour for your covenant God, the one who has bound himself to you? That's quite a challenging question, really. And, and as I say, Andy left us with that yesterday. And it's kind of asking a question about the, the way that we view the covenant vertically. Now, what I mean by that is, obviously, God, as Lord of the covenant, comes down vertically to meet us, and then we have responsibilities to each other, kind of horizontally. So it's kind of asking that question about the the vertical nature of the covenant. How are you seeing God uh, in your devotion? Is it are you doing it to Him, or is it staying ground level? Is it for yourselves? And so the Lord, as I say, is calling them to go. Hang on a second. I'm the one. I'm the covenant Lord. You should be doing this to me. Now we move into a into a, another section where it seemingly is dealing with another another issue, but actually I would say very related, because it goes from that question about how we look up to God, how we go vertically, to then it says, this is what the Lord says, judge fairly, show mercy and kindness to one another. It's horizontal. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners and the poor. Do not scheme against one another. We're moving now into in very much the horizontal responsibilities that this the people of this covenant have to each other. And something I just want to point out, which uh, is, is going to be brought out, no doubt, even more than it already has been, is the word mercy that, that's used there. Judge fairly, show mercy and kindness. Now, I should say before I say this, it's very popular to take words in ancient languages which are almost always synonyms you know like if if i said um i'm shattered or if i said i'm knackered very different words but you know i'm talking about the same thing what we tend to do is with ancient languages we take words which they would know as synonyms and kind of ascribe meaning to them that they would never have done so 
this happens all the time with with Greek, and I have no doubt you've probably heard people saying that there's these four different types of love in Greek. You know, there's this special agape love and and philos, and it's really not true. They're actually all synonyms, really, and they're used in contexts which don't fit our kind of uh, very modern way of understanding these words. And so what I'm about to do is uh, kind of makes me uh, a little bit, oh, do I really want to be that person? But I do think on this occasion, there is good reason to say that there is the Hebrew word chesed is almost always used. In fact, I would say it means covenant love, faithful love. It's often translated steadfastness. It's used to describe God's uh, the sureness of God loving his people, of God being committed to his people, of him, him acting faithfully towards them. And it's not only used of God, of course, but it, as I say, that the love is describing a, a faithful covenant love that binds one person to another. So it binds God to his people and it binds his people to one another. And that is what God commands us to show one another here. Mercy and kindness. Show that faithfulness, that covenant love. And so the reason I'm drawing this out really is because it shows that this vertical responsibility we have to God as, as our covenant Lord and as our, you know, as our saviour, then plays itself out. His chesed, his covenant faithful love to us, then plays out in uh, faithfulness to one another, to caring for one another, to covenant faithful chesed love to one another. So it's like it goes down and then across. And so it gives us certain responsibilities to judge fairly, to, to want justice, to, um, to not to oppress the widows and the orphans and the foreigners and the poor. Now, as well, this is also important. Notice this isn't just saying the widows out there, the orphans out there, the foreigners out there, and the poor out there. It's describing those within the people of Israel. It's describing those who are, who are among us. We are caring for those among us, to those to, to each other. That's what it says. So now this is not to say that, that the church is going outside of its missional boundaries if it starts to reach you know, widows outside the church or orphans outside the church or anything like that. What it is saying, though, is that primarily our care and, and faithfulness and covenant love to each other is talking about the community of God's people. It's talking about those inside the church. It, it's saying that there should no, never be such a thing as someone in the church going hungry or unclothed. Their church family should be so around them that they are cared for, that they're looked after. By extension, this goes outside the church. But primarily, that the church has a duty to care for those each other, to, to have that horizontal love in the covenant community. In fact, I would say that the covenant community cannot be missional. It cannot look outside itself unless it first looks inside itself and has that love and care for each other. That's certainly how Jesus sees it. You know, this is how the world will know you are my disciples, that you love one another. The external is matched by the internal. <clears throat> but it's also interesting that as part of as, as covenant people representing God, God tells us to judge fairly, to, to care about right justice. Now, it's important that justice isn't just read as 
doing good things because good things can be achieved in terrible ways. You know, I, I can think of modern examples, I won't, I won't go into them, but of issues in society, particularly in America, where people are, are proposing solutions because they want to solve the issue. They want to do a good thing. But the solutions are terrible and require terrible views of what is right and what is wrong. Whenever we're sorting any kind of issue, be it societal uh, or, or familial or anything like that, we're constantly supposed to be thinking about what is just, what is the right way to solve this. So not just how do we get the right result, but how do we solve it in the right way? And God tells us to care about justice. And as I say, it's not an empty word. God's given us standards of justice the whole way through the Bible. Really since Genesis, and especially as you go into Exodus, Deuteronomy, and from there, from, uh, from there on, you find uh, God giving his people an example of what justice looks like, how to achieve the right thing by the right means. But most importantly, notice how this comes, as I say, after the section about what Andy, uh, after the section that Andy looked at yesterday about are you doing this for me or for yourselves? And just think about this, is the Lord satisfied with us doing these things to one another as a, as a replacement or, or in the place of giving devotion to him? You know, is the Lord happy with uh, duties and us doing the right thing? Well, it's really important that we put this in its context. And as I say, it's coming off the back of that message that we heard yesterday. Because in places like Hosea and Isaiah, for instance, Isaiah chapter one is, is, is a really clear example on this. God actually tells them to stop doing things which are kind of uh, quote unquote good things because they're doing it from the wrong place. So God says, stop bringing me sacrifices. I don't want to smell another burnt offering because they're not offering them in faith. It's just become a duty. It's just become something we do as God's people. Same thing in Hosea. Hosea says, uh, well, God says through Hosea, I desire mercy, not sacrifices. And Jesus quotes that constantly. It's not saying that oh, no, God isn't saying, I don't, I don't want animal sacrifices. Where'd you, where'd you get that from? Well, we got it from God. That's not what God's saying. What God's saying is they are right in their proper context. Heart of faith is what makes these things real. And so now, God isn't just saying, do the right, do good, show mercy, and I, I don't care about any of that. You know, I'm not, don't, don't, um, don't include me in this. This is just horizontal. No, the horizontal, as I say, comes as an expression of the vertical. Because we want to worship God, because we want to uh, hold him up and we want to have devotion to him, that plays out in judging fairly, showing mercy and kindness to one another, to, to looking after the widows and the orphans and the foreigners and the poor amongst us. This is what James says in James chapter one is pure and undefiled religion. Pure and genuine religion is to care for the orphan and for the widow and to not be uh, tainted by the corruption of the world. That's what James tells us. So if we're going to be uh, devoted people, if we're going to be uh, people who are following true and genuine religion before God. That plays itself out into caring for one another, into looking after one another. Let's pray as we sit in that challenge. Heavenly Father, we want to be your people worshipping you in spirit and in truth. 
And therefore, Lord, we want pure and undefiled religion. Lord, teach us to care for those amongst us. Teach us to judge fairly. Teach us to have chesed, to have faithful love to one another. In your name we pray. Amen.